Ah. Yeah, sure. I actually can share. I have uh, so the, I have only a grandparent left, which is my mom's mom, and I, I'm sorry, Harry, but I have to share this anecdote because she's I don't remember. She's maybe 75 or something like that, but she's like. Uh, I I would sign up right now if I had her, you know, when I'm 75, I could be like that. When I was in Switzerland, sometimes I would send her a text, hey, grandma, do you want to go grab a cup of coffee? I would get no answer. After a week, I would get a text, sorry, I just came back from Uruguay. All right. After a couple of months, same situation. Oh, sorry, I just got back from Ireland. So she's really savvy. She uses Facebook. She's really active. And whenever I go to Switzerland, obviously, I want to see her. And she asks me, <laughs> so, so you, what is it that you do? You, you have blogs, right? So every time she asks me, yeah, you, you have blogs. So kind of the, how can, how can I put it in a nice way? Well, let's say that the way I put it, I say when I want to refer to podcasting, I say that, yeah, I I have a show similar to a radio show and I do interviews. That's kind of the way I put it for people who I know aren't, you know, don't know the first thing about podcasting. <laughs> Podcast Junkies, episode 89. Welcome back, one and all. If you're new to the episode, you just literally stumbled upon this podcast for the first time. My name is Harry Duran. I'm the host of this amazing podcast where I talk to fantastic podcast hosts because I just have this deep-seated desire to learn more about the craft. There's so many fantastic people. I've been doing this for two years and it never gets old. These hour-plus conversations that I have with people really bring a smile to my face and I'm just so excited to learn the ins and outs of what may make these people tick, uh, what motivated them, motivated them to, that's a mouthful, to, to uh, start the show, what keeps them going, and more importantly, a bit more about them personally. And I, I love uh, peeling back the onion, so to speak, about, their, about these people um, so that you can see that there's more to them than just podcast hosts. And uh, a lot of times we go definitely... Uh, past the hour mark because these are just such long um, and and uh, interesting conversations and uh, and we just the time flies man we just don't know when to stop and uh, sometimes that's a good thing. Last week we had a great conversation with Eric K Johnson, aka the podcast talent coach. We covered everything from <laughs> the Islanders to magic to. Uh, his love of uh, hockey and growing up in in uh, the the Midwest, it was just um, wide ranging, and as as these tend to go, and he was really uh, someone that I had on my list for a while. He's in that podcast veteran category. He's just a wealth of information, guys, around podcasting. His his uh, podcast talent coach show is is a must listen for me as a new podcaster. Relatively speaking, I'm always learning tips. And I think if you are interested in learning more about the craft, then I can't recommend his show enough. This week, we travel the globe to Switzerland. Did you know that there's a place in Switzerland called Locarno? And that's where this week's guest is from, Jan Ilunga. He's the host of the 360 uh, Degree Entrepreneur podcast. I'm not sure if there's a degree in there. I always get that confused. I think we talked about that as well. But um, 
he reached out to me for um, to have me participate in a podcast uh, mastery summit that's going on that he's 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 putting on, and I was happy to participate in that. And um, I've had him on my radar for a while because he's he's very prolific and he's um, makes himself known uh, in the podcast sphere. So I knew it was a matter of time before we our paths crossed um, in more places than just Twitter and Facebook. And I'm, I'm happy to have had him on the show. He's really a fascinating guy. Um, he's, he speaks five different languages. We talked about um, his his background in podcasting. This is not his, his first show. He's got another podcast uh, on jazz music. Um, he's just a um, really well-rounded, well-educated, really smart and interesting guy. I'm happy I got the opportunity to know him a little bit more, and I'm happy to support him and anything he's got going on. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Yana Lunga. Stay tuned, as always, to the end of the show where I release the um, the retention hashtag. And we have a new uh, podcast sponsor. It's Cast Source. Cast Source handles all your uh, podcast transcription needs. So I'll dive deep into the benefits of Cast Source at the end of the show. But I wanted to give you a sneak peek into someone that uh, I'm using now that I'm really happy with. And I think as far as a resource for podcasters, um, I've been I've gotten to know the the owner and I'm, I'm really happy with them. So uh, we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more after the show. Enjoy the conversation with Jan and uh, I'll catch you soon. So Jan Ilunga, uh, thank you so much for taking time to join us on Podcast Junkies. Harry, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan of the show. So I have to tell you, it sounds a bit surreal <laughs> to actually be part of the show now. <laughs> Why do you say that? Well, because, you know, it's always weird when you listen to a show for some time and then, you know, the next time you listen to the show, you're actually part of the show. <laughs> but I'm definitely thrilled to be here. So thank you. Well, it sounds like you've been a fan of podcasts for a long time and you're the host of your own show, 360 Degree Entrepreneur, or is it 360 Entrepreneur or 360 Degree yeah, Entrepreneur? 360 Entrepreneur, without yeah. the degree. <laughs> but it's interesting because the 360 stems from the concept of 360 degrees, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was asked this question the other day. I was interviewed on another show and also the host asked me, where does the name come from? And the idea for that is, if you think about the modern entrepreneur kind of has to do quite many things by himself, even though we hear about the importance of outsourcing and focusing on, on one thing, which is true. But if you think about it, especially when starting out, you are doing so many things. You may create your own website. You take care of, you know, creating your own product. You record your podcast. You you wear many hats. So that's where I kind of came up with the with the name for for the podcast and my business as well. And where were you on the the knowledge scale in terms of what you knew about podcasting when you first decided, or the thought came into your head that this is something you wanted to do? I was at the very top. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding, of course. The 360 Entrepreneur is actually my second podcast. So I started it, uh, I think, was it last uh, March of 2015? And my very first podcast, which is in the music industry called The Jazz Spotlight, I started it in uh, April of 2014. So I have a couple 
couple of years of experience really in the trenches. Now, in terms of um, answering your question, Harry, it's so that the way I came with podcasting, it's so that I, it's something I really wanted to do. I, I fell in love with the idea of podcasting. So I tapped into the, some connections I had because uh, I'm originally from the Italian speaking part of Switzerland and that's where my <laughs> macaroni accent <laughs> comes from. And for some years I worked at a music festival and because I speak five languages and that's an international festival, I really had the opportunity to talk with many artists and do radio interviews, video interviews in different languages. So when I moved here, uh, I thought uh, I moved here, I have to say where is here. So here is Helsinki, Finland, where I've lived for almost five years. When I moved here, uh, I wanted to do my master's, but I also wanted to do something. So I, I started to think, okay, what could I do? And then I remembered that I already had those connections. So I tried to figure out a way that I could leverage those to do something because I created a blog, but I wanted to do more. And at some point I was studying for, for my exams or something like that. And I'm almost always wearing headphones. So I'm a huge fan of music, but I wanted to take a break from studying, a break from music. So I just Googled something random and I came across this thing called podcasts had no idea <laughs> what I was getting myself into. Long story short, I listened to a, to a show. The guest was Pat Flynn. And I was like, oh, this Pat guy sounds so interesting. So I went, check out his site, fell in love with this podcast. And I really got the idea of starting a show. So I started my first podcast, The Jazz Spotlight, really not knowing much about, you know, all the, let's say, technical sides of podcasting and all these kind of things. And also when I launched I didn't really have a strategy in in place. You know, I just launched. I didn't even know much about new and noteworthy. I I didn't even pay attention to it that much, to be fair. <laughs> I think that's probably a benefit because, uh, as you've probably heard by now, <clears throat> excuse me, the new and noteworthy is tends to be a, a bit overrated. I know. I know. There's a way. If you, there's a certain launch strategy that if you do, you know, start with three episodes um, and, and have strong content. You know, there's a really good chance that you're, you're going to make it in there. But I think it, that's really just like the starting point. It's really the first step is what I right. tell people that I that I work with as well. That's that's it's nice and it looks good, but don't, there's nothing to rest your laurels on. And it doesn't have the same impact as it did maybe three, three years ago, when people were just mm -hmm. getting started, and it really right. boosted people's uh, shows. So I think as long as people don't rely on that too much, and, and the fact that you didn't know a lot about it, it was probably a benefit because then you were relying on your other skills, which is your ability to connect with people. And, you know, but people can tell by the, the roster of folks that you've had on your show is that you've, you've gone above and beyond in terms of trying to connect with people that uh, are pretty well known in the podcasting space and, and, and the online marketing space. Yeah, I mean, but it's so that when I launched the 360 Entrepreneur, I had a year of podcasting under my belt. So obviously, I was very strategic about the way I launched. And, you know, I hit number one in different categories of new and noteworthy. And, you know, it's great. It's something that is definitely nice. It feels good, but it's not something that makes or breaks your podcast. Podcasting is way more than just the number one spot on, on iTunes. So, but in terms of the networking aspect, the relationship building, aspect that you mentioned is you are right and it's something I leveraged for both my podcasts because uh, the the jazz spotlight is an interview based only show whereas the 360 entrepreneur started as an interview based show but now I've also integrated solo sessions so it's kind of of a of a of a mix of both formats 
I imagine the benefit of having both is that you do things or you try things in, in one or the other and you say, hey, hey, this approach seems to work for this specific show. Maybe I should try something similar with the other show. And, and I think they're both become, um, you know, training areas for you to learn different aspects of what you can do to grow your show. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And the fact that they are in so different niches, it's, I really see that as an advantage, like you say, to maybe uh, test things out and see what's working. And yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, let's say that not many people, especially when starting out, should start two shows or three shows. It's important to start one show. But in my case, the reason why I started the second show is that as I got involved into, into the entrepreneurial and digital marketing space, I started to connect with some of those people and I was thinking, okay, it would be great to have them on, on my podcast or in some cases, if it was people who I had no connection with, I thought it would be nice to have an opportunity to talk with them. But the problem is that I was hosting a show about music business. So, you know, it wasn't really <laughs> their, their kind of their area of expertise. Then I came with, came up with the idea of launching a second show, which is obviously in the entrepreneurial space. So it was way easier than to get those people on the, on the podcast. So when they tell you to start a show, they always say to go with something that you know that you're passionate about, and you pick the podcast about jazz. So how important is music for you? Well, I mean, it's really important because, as I told you, I'm a huge music fan. And uh, first of all, having... Um, a music business podcast also opens many doors. For example, sometimes I do uh, also interviews at festivals. So, you know, you really have the opportunity for me as a music fan, first and foremost, I have the opportunity to <laughs> listen to some great live music and also to sometimes go behind the scenes because I've had the opportunity that uh, I've interviewed Grammy Award winning artists. I've interviewed, for example, the founder of a band called Cool and the Gang, which is from the 70s, very big one. I've interviewed Jamie Callum and many, many others. So that's, it's definitely, you know, for me, it's so easy to keep going with both podcasts because I talk about something I'm really passionate about. And whenever I have to record, it never feels like it's, you know, it's it's a task that I have to do. No, it feels like fun. So that's definitely something that helps also thinking about podcasting long term, because I think that's the idea. So I can really uh, resonate with what you say about music because I grew up um, more on the, the dance side, electronic music, house music. Uh, I grew, I'm a child of the 80s. so I, I like <laughs> house music too, by the way. <laughs> so I grew up DJing. You know, I have, uh, I, I don't know if you can see them in the background, but there, I have turntables and I have vinyl. And so it's been a real passion for me. And, and for me, it's almost like the soundtrack to my life. I always feel like I need something music related in my life. So I'm wondering if you could... Uh, think back about your earliest recollection of, of when you realized that this was music was more than just background noise and it was something that you connected with you mean related to the podcast no, or just in, in general just you with connection to music and your love of jazz or even if jazz wasn't your favorite type of music originally like when did you realize exactly. that music was important for you 
Yeah. And here, you know, here's the thing that I have to say to you. Some people think that, well, he hosts uh, a podcast called the Jazz Podcast. So his, you know, his favorite kind of music is jazz. Actually, it isn't <laughs> because my favorite type of music is indie rock. But I worked at a jazz festival and that gave me the opportunity to really get familiarize myself more with jazz. I listen to house music. I listen to a lot of different types of music. Now, to answer your question, I think it has also to do with uh, with my background because uh, my major, both at the master level and bachelor level, was in media and communication. So, because of that, I kind of it was relatively easy to. I started to write, obviously, and you know, you want to be writing about something you're passionate about, even when you're studying. And then when the opportunity presented itself, it presented itself where I had a friend who was working at a newspaper and back in my hometown in Switzerland called Locarno. And there was a summer festival and they were basically looking for freelancers. They would give you the free ticket. You would get to watch the concert and then you would write an article. And, uh, you know, for me, it was great because I got to see one of my all-time favorite bands live, which is Jamiroquai. I saw like Santana, Paul, uh, Paul Simon, Massive Attack. So really many different artists. And that was something that I started to think, man, this would, would be nice to do something like this, you know, on a regular basis. Because in that case, it was a summer festival. So it was maybe 10 days or two weeks and that was gone. And then when the opportunity with the Jazz Festival presented itself, it was pretty cool because even though the festival... Uh, took place during the summer, the work revolving around it was like all year round. So during the, the rest of the year was maybe doing some research about artists and write their biographies for the website, do some interviews, stuff like that. But I definitely would say that um, my my academic background really helped me, you know, embrace music as something more than just a passion and really try to and be able to turn that into yeah into more than than just uh, a hobby. Um, talk a little bit about uh, growing up because um, I, I imagine when you first tell people that you're from Switzerland and they they try to connect it with your accent, there's probably <laughs> a, probably right. some, probably some disconnect <laughs> and, and maybe so that maybe a bit of education would be helpful for the listener um, if you can talk about what Locarno is is like. Um, and maybe even some some historical background because I I don't think a lot of people know that there's actually an an Italian region within Switzerland. Right. Yeah. Sure. I'm happy to to spend a minute or two to to promote Switzerland because <laughs> I think that Switzerland is really a country that people know pretty much you know everywhere in the world. Especially because of Hollywood movies, you know, the banks, the watches, the chocolate and the cheese. But there is much more than that, obviously, and the Alps. Yeah, but there is much more. So first of all, Switzerland is a very interesting country in the sense that we have four national languages and we have four kind of cultures. So we have a total of 26 regions and Italian, so it's my mother tongue, is spoken in two regions. So you can you can do the math, it's a very minority language. And then we have another language called, I believe in English it would be called Romansh, which is spoken only in one region out of 26. So that counts almost nothing. And then we have French, which I don't remember in how many regions is spoken, but definitely more regions, maybe six or seven. And then we have German and some regions that are called cantons. Uh, 
they are bilingual, so they speak both German and French. And that's, you know, growing up specifically in the region I grew up with, so my canton is called Ticino. Basically, we can think of cantons like you would think about states over there in the U.S. So, okay. you know, you could say, yeah, Ticino is California. And that was an advantage for the fact that being from a kind of minority part of Switzerland, we were for or we had to learn French and German. So that is a big advantage because, you know, I love traveling and that really gives you access to so many people, even though nowadays quite almost everybody speaks a little bit English, but still that was great. Whereas if I had grown up in, uh, let's say in Zurich, for example, I would have learned only obviously German and then French and the Italian would have been optional. So when it comes to Switzerland, it's interesting because, for example, if I want to go home, visit my family, my friends, for me, it's closer to fly to Milan. So Milan-Locarno is actually, so Milan is in Italy, you know, mm -hmm. it's closer to do Milan-Locarno for me than do Zurich-Locarno. So it's interesting and Swiss people, we are funny in the sense that we are really like, oh, no, 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 kind of, we are really social people, but at the same time, we really like to um, highlight where we, like our own identities. Here, here's what I mean. If somebody tells me, ah, you speak Italian, so you're Italian, I'm going to say, whoa, 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 I'm not. If somebody from the from the Zurich area goes to Germany and says, ah, I speak, speak German, they would say, ah, you're German. He would say, no, 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 no. If somebody from the French-speaking part would be in France, they say, ah, you're French, would be like, absolutely not. So we have this. And then obviously within the, the ge geographical boundaries, you know, if it says, ah, from Switzerland, ah, from Zurich, I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm from the Italian speaking part. So we have all these different components, but of course we have, you know, things in common and for many things it's nice. And obviously I have to plug a couple of good things about Locarno because it's a, it's a very nice city. And I think that almost anybody says that about their hometown, but Locarno is really seen as a sort of exotic destination in Switzerland for the fact that we have a lake called Lake Maggiore. And for example, my father's home where I grew up is maybe a 15-minute drive from Italy. So mm. you see that it's very easy also to, to travel. And, you know, if you want to go to Italy, if you want to go to France, it takes maybe two hours and a half, three hours. So it's very easy to go around. And it's very beautiful because there, um, there is a lake. So for the summer, it's very popular. There are mountains, obviously. We have a nice castle. And lately, uh, the last, um, I would say maybe the last decade or so, also, the entertainment scene has really grew up because uh, we the highlight of the year used to be that we have an international film festival. And I remember when I grew up, uh, you know, I did they they showed mainly international movies, so not really Hollywood movies, more like alternative kind of stuff. But the last few years is is in terms of guests. There have been, you know, I have a friend who works security there. And when there is the festival, he has been security for people like Andy Garcia and John Malkovich. There's been Harrison Ford. I think this last summer there was Amy Schumer and Warren Norton. So the film festival has really grown up. And then we also have this, uh, 
the music festival that I was talking about with Santana and company, that's called Moon and Stars Festival. So I was actually checking the, I still, obviously, even though I'm in Finland, I still follow the news. And I saw that the this year's lineup for the Moon and Star Festival is pretty impressive. I remember they have Pharrell Williams. I was like, what? Mm. Pharrell playing <laughs> in Locarno? And is a very, I would encourage everybody who is here with you and I, Harry, to, to just go on Google and type Locarno. So it's L-O-C-A-R-N-O, because it's so that the festival, both the film festival and the music festival, is actually takes place in a square. So you have to imagine if you are the artist, you are on stage and there are buildings around you with offices and balconies. And sometimes there are some people who maybe work there. They invite friends. They may have a glass of wine during the concert. So the artist, sure, there is people there in the square, but he or she may also see people at the balconies. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of an, uh, an interesting picture. But really, I would encourage anybody who, who has plans to go to Switzerland, if possible, to stop to Locarno or the Locarno area for even just a day or two. I'm sure they would love it. In the summer, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're into uh, uh, skiing or snowboarding, then you can head over. Right. <laughs> there must be some fantastic uh, winter sports there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, lo- lo- the Locarno area, not really. I mean, you can go skiing, but, you know, it's, let's say that, for example, I've never... I. I, I skied for over 20 years. I've never gone there in the Locarno area because, you know, it's not it's not a very big skiing track or yeah. skiing place anyways. But definitely there's plenty of great places for skiing, snowboarding. Well, it's, that's great, uh, Jan. You really painted a really engaging picture of Locarno and and what it was what it, it must have been like to grow up there. And, and I think that's really fantastic because there's so many people who don't get out of their their hometown or don't like to travel or maybe never will so i think just to hear sometimes about exotic lo- you know exotic locations for people who haven't <laughs> been there right you know I'm, of course you know people who've never left the us but uh i think it's it, it's nice because it sort of educates people you know that they think you know for example the country of switzerland that they know exactly that it's all that it's not all chocolates and watches um <laughs> and and it just adds some some layers you know and and not everything is what what it seems on the uh, uh on the surface which is which is why i i found that really really fascinating um <laughs> it's clear that uh education is important for you because you know because of you know that you're, you're you speak five languages you, you've gone to study your masters i'm wondering if that's something that comes from your upbringing or if that's something that was like uh you know drilled into you as important from your family yeah i would say i would say it so it's so that i grew up in a in a in a household where my parents were divorced but you know and some people you know divorce we can have a big talk about it but for me it's something that you know i don't really feel bad about it because that's how i grew up with the you know with my dad with my sister so that was my that was my household so for me it was you know it was relatively normal but for example if i think about my family it's so that i can give you a bit of background that i think then it put it puts things into perspective it's so that i'm i'm swiss so my mom's side of the family they come from switzerland and my grandpa 
came from uh, he was from Italy now he passed away he was from Italy so technically I also have some Italian blood in me and then my dad's side of of the family he comes from the Democratic Republic of the Congo he has lived in Switzerland for over 30 years so now he's Swiss and everything so basically from his side of the family there are many brothers around the world some in the in the states somebody in the UK he has two brothers who are doctors so obviously they studied but my father it's so that he he was more the the worker type of person and also my fa- uh, my sister, she didn't, for example, go to high school. She went to a different school. And I was, you know, I kind of, my father always talked about the importance of uh, of education and stuff like that. But if I think about uh, my friends, really the, the guys and, and girls from the neighborhood, neighborhood, those I grew up with, I think I, I was the first in my circle of friends to to go to university. If I really think about my close neighborhood without thinking about all the people I connected with afterwards. So I, I would just say that, you know, it's something that my father talked about, the, the importance of of, uh, of education. And I, I had the luck that my father always talked about the fact that I was going to school for me, for my own kind of gain and not for you know for for him or to make him proud or make him happy and that's something I really saw when I was doing my bachelor's at university level because it's so that since I was there because I wanted to be there see if if for example for some reason I wasn't able to attend a class for me it wasn't a big deal because I was like hey I know what I want I know why I'm here but some people were kind of forced to be there because they they came from a family of, for example, architects or whatever, and they had pressure to be there. So for me, that was an advantage that, sure, my father was pretty tough. <laughs> and I remember sometimes maybe getting some bad grades and try to say, well, you know, everybody got bad grades. And he was like, well, I don't care about everybody. I care about you. But I would say that really my father has really instilled in me the importance of uh, of. Um, education for for yourself so regardless of the level of education regardless of the the paper you know you get at the end of your studies or even if you don't get any paper because today with the internet we can educate ourselves in so many different ways and we were talking about languages somebody could use something like a podcast to learn a language or youtube video something like that so i would say you know just think about um Doing something that you really enjoy, uh, that you that at the end of the day you are doing for you. So now we are talking about the studies. So if you feel that yeah, I'm I'm forty and I would like to to start some university studies, it's never too late. In fact, I had some um, classmates in my at my bachelor's level who were older than my dad. So, <laughs> so uh, that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm wondering if you know with everything that you've learned and the approach that you took, it sounds like the approach was, um, there wasn't, you know, they talk about the carrot and the stick, you know, so it's either you incentivize people, you know, two different ways, but it seems like you had more of the carrot approach where you saw what was possible because of the education, as opposed to being, um, 
you know, stressed out because, you know, you have to get good grades, you have to get good grades. And if you don't, you know, a lot of pressure to succeed. So I think it it sounds like um, you had a a really good combination so that, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, you were doing it for yourself. Uh, And that's sometimes the best motivation for something, right? When when you feel like you, you know that you're doing it for yourself. And then when you succeed, the success, you know, of achieving that goal almost tastes that much better, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And by the way, don't get me wrong, because, you know, I was diligent. And for example, in my master's, I got the the second highest grade that I since the, the grades were in Latin. I, <laughs> when I got it, I was like, OK, is this a good thing or a bad thing? And then the secretary there at the university, she looked at me with wide eyes. She was like, what? What grade did you get? I was like, OK, is it good? She was like, yeah, it's very good. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I definitely was was uh, able to to deliver. But really, jokes aside, I think is if again, if you do something f- for for the fact that you're interested in it, you're passionate about it, you're also going to be uh, kind of it's going to get easier for you to work harder and hustle when, you know, in this case, in the academic world, whether it's when you have a, a an exam or you have to write your thesis. And it ties into what I was talking about earlier, about the fact that whenever I had to do something related to my podcasts, it never feels like, okay, this is a tedious task because I like podcasting. Well, it's funny when you when you compare um, putting a podcast episode together to writing like a master's or a thesis. <laughs> I mean, it's probably like uh, you know you, you're not going to get stressed out for writing show notes after put, having to put together a thesis. <laughs> well, well, maybe maybe I do get nervous about show notes, but I don't say it. <laughs> well, can you explain what the uh, Latin grading system is like for for those who aren't familiar with it? Man, are you serious? Now you're putting me on the spot. I should grab, I should look for my papers. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. I can. I can. Well, tell you, I you think what just what, like what's good or what's bad because I think you didn't even. I think when you saw it at the first time, you know, here we're used to you know if it's on a hundred point scale or you know A B C right. D A B C D. Yeah. Is it is it different there? Yes, it is. I mean the and the grading the grade system. Uh, that's also something that is different because, for example. In Switzerland, yeah, when let's say elementary school, secondary school, high school, the grading system goes from two to six. So six is excellent, five is good, four is okay. You know, if you get a four, you pass the class, and then three is you know bad, and two is like an F basically in the states. But then when I went to the university there uh, for my bachelor's, they had a grading system similar to Italy, so it was from one to ten, so a completely different system. And when I came here to Finland, it was different. It was uh, for the courses and stuff like that, it was from, I think, from one to five. But then the thesis is with this Latin grading. So I think with the thesis, there are maybe six levels. And for every level, there is a, a Latin word or a couple of Latin words. And I got the second highest level. So I'm not sure if in the case of the states, that would be like a B or a B plus or an A minus, something like that, I think. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. People again, it's an, it's another opportunity to get a peek into like 
What's so funny about Americans sometimes is just we all, we're so you know myopic because we 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 don't, I hope that's the right word because <laughs> the, the, <laughs> we we only understand things from our perspective and I think it's right. it's really important Jan to to experience other cultures to see how other thing how things are done even something as simple as the way a grading scale is created because mm-hmm. I think it just allows us to expand our horizons and. Um, Good, you know, multiple perspectives are good, and I, and I think maybe, um, and you can tell me if if this may if this is applies to you. But as you started doing the podcast, and as you started having conversations with people, I think having a mindset and and like and having the benefit of that you have of speaking multiple languages, it's sort of like it gives you a perspective where you're open to many ideas um, and and many opinions as opposed to just being set in one. And and I'm wondering if, if you found that to be the case because of your experiences that enriched uh, the conversations you've been having lately on your show. Hmm. That's a great question, Harry. I mean, I, well, first of all, I have to say that my podcasts are in English, even though in some cases I interview somebody who, I mean, I'm not, people can tell I, it's not my mother tongue, even though I've studied in English, my master's, I've worked in English here in Helsinki as a journalist and back in Switzerland. And also my bachelor's thesis, even though I studied in Italian, I decided to write it in English, but my podcasts are in English. And I have to say that I've had some interviews with people from, for example, from Italy or from France or from try to think other countries where English is not a, the mother tongue. And uh, we, I mean, I don't know, probably I wouldn't say that uh, the fact that I speak several languages has enriched so much for the fact that English is anyway the, the common language that we use on our websites or if we write a book, it's often written in English. And I've, I'm actually planning to probably launch a podcast in Italian because the other day I was thinking to myself that I'm I'm sharing a lot of stuff in English on my on my podcast the 360 I'm like well but you know since I talk yeah I speak Italian why not to leverage that and and maybe try to do an Italian version of that show or a, or a completely new show so I may I may leverage that the language skills more but in my experience so far I have to say that that's something I probably should should leverage more because it hasn't really let's say broaden my my point of view or my guest's point of view but what you were saying earlier about the the importance of really uh, you know, exploring different cultures and whatever. That, that's so true. And uh, we have the luck today that with the internet, we have the opportunity to really get to know anything we want, whether it's uh, it's another culture, is uh, the, the history of uh, the the castle of Locarno, <laughs> whatever we want to, <laughs> whatever we want to learn about. And I think that's something we should really leverage also when we're thinking maybe to start a podcast or start a business think about really the the value of of technology and how we can really leverage that to our advantage thank you um i think the there is opportunities in in new markets because obviously podcasting is so hot right now but you are at an advantage because if you took you could literally take your 360 entrepreneur podcast and turn it into the Italian version and you'll have a whole new audience, you know, or, or some variation of that because 
we're you know you're you're learning and you're seeing what's working and what's not for the American market. And like I said, we're we're so far ahead. But these other markets are going to come on board. You know whether it happens next year or in five years. And I think exactly. And you could you know you you could be the um the the pioneers in those space. You know the early bird. You could be mm-hmm. the Pat Flynn of the Italian podcast world. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so because you know just if you think about it. You know, what he did was just he started really early and he just went at it with a passion and he spoke about something that he, he enjoyed. And, and mm-hmm. you know, even though he he wasn't podcasting 10 years ago, still, you know, whatever it was, you know, five years ago at this point, it's it was still new enough. And I think right. not that you need another podcast on your plate, but it's something, right. <laughs> it's something to keep in mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's that's really interesting. So I'm wondering why you chose the topic of entrepreneurs because I know that entrepreneurship is really big here in the States. Um, mm-hmm. And then as you get to other parts of the world, it's, it's funny. It's sometimes I've, I've seen or heard comments or spoken to people from other countries and they're like, wow, Americans really have this entrepreneurial spirit. They're go-getters. And, and this is, it's something that's like in our DNA. So I'm wondering if, um, why you chose that topic and, and what was your inspiration um, for, for starting a podcast on that topic? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great question. And, and there is some truth in, the, in what you just told us about the, you know, you guys, Americans being go-getters, being kind of with the entrepreneurial mindset. And for example, I can see that now living in Helsinki, which or Finland as, as a country, which, which is a country that uh, in terms of technology is really advanced. I mean, people know Nokia. There are quite many also software companies with the Rovio, with the Angry Birds and all those kind of things. And it, there is also a pretty thriving uh, community of of creative people, photographers, designers, and all these kind of things. Now, when it came to start a podcast, it's so that when I started out, I was really thinking, okay, what is the the number one thing I could talk about? The, the, you know, people often tell, yeah, you should be super specific and this and that, which is true. But what if you don't have that super specific topic yet? What should you do? Should you just sit down and wait until you get it? No, you should get started. So to me, what I thought is like, okay, so these are the people, I've, you know, whose content I've been consuming, who has, who I've been following, who I enjoy what they're doing. And they they have kind of different nuances because, for example, somebody can be uh, the Instagram expert, for example, my friend Subi Zimmerman. So she talks about Instagram. Somebody else could be talking about webinars. So another person could be talking about podcasting. So I thought, okay, all these things are things that I'm interested in, are things that uh, I think that are important for entrepreneurs to get an idea of what those things are. Because I always say, I always tell my community three principles that I really live by in in this day and age where it's so easy, as as we're saying, to really get information, but there is also an information uh, overload. I always do three things. Whether I get, uh, I learn something from a podcast like Podcast Junkies, or I read a book, or I watch a YouTube video, a virtual summit, whatever, I always do three things. When I, when I get a, a piece of advice, I do. The first thing I do is I actually test it because it's not that if the expert who's sharing the advice 
gotten uh, got some results is doesn't mean that if I take the exact same process to what I do, I'm going to get the same results. So the first step I always do is a test. The second is keep track of, of analytics, of, you know, the numbers, depending on the kind of quote unquote experiment we want to, or I want to do so that that keeping, uh, I'm not a, a, a big fan of data, but data is important because it gives me or paints a picture and tells me whether the test is working, how it is working, if it's not working. And the third step is really uh, analyzing the data so that I can either tweak the, the test so that it can actually have a better impact or move on to the next thing. So those are, are the things I do. And to kind of answer your question without ranking too much, I would say also to really anybody who's here with you and I who's thinking about starting a podcast, I think it's okay to get started with uh, with a topic that it's kind of generic. In a, you know, in some people's eyes can be generic because as you get the experience, as you get interviews, as you start to interact with people, you're going to start to see what you really want to focus on. And for example, that's why now for the last... Uh, for the last maybe so my podcast is a year old for the last maybe nine months or so i've been really drilling down on podcasting and i know you you have been also and thank you by the way harry you have been sharing sometimes some of my episodes related to podcasting so how i came up with that is you know i got the experience i i connected with people i talked with people and also so that as i had a podcast i was exposed to people some people started to see me as their podcasting go-to guy. So they started to ask me questions and questions and questions and questions and questions. And that made me realize that, hey, podcasting is something that I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying doing. It's really opening many doors for me and people are really asking me questions. So that's definitely something to capitalize on. So that would be also my advice for anybody who's thinking about starting a podcast, but it's like, well... All these experts talk about being super specific. Their riches are in the niches. So what should I do? Should I wait? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm wondering, as you've done the show and um, you, you've had experience with the jazz podcast and interviewing, but I'm wondering if you look back and you think about episode one with uh, 360 Entrepreneur and to the latest episode you recorded, what do you think is the one skill set in which you've improved the most? I would say that um, the answer to that question, Harry, is pretty easy and is uh, the comfort level. I mean, I, I often use the slogan, your show, your rules. And I think that as one does interviews, one feels comfortable. And I can see it also sometimes I'm interviewed by new podcasters. And I'm always a person who's happy to help if somebody reaches out to me. I'm always happy if, if I have a time slot available, I'm always happy to be interviewed. I don't really care about their their audience, download numbers, whatever. I like to help out and connect with people. And I can I can tell that they, they're kind of, even though, you know, it's like if I'm a guest at somebody else's home, but I'm kind of more comfortable in their home than they are. So I think that's that's definitely the thing. I would say that now I'm super comfortable and it comes, as I said, with the experience, but now it's so that there isn't really any type of person 
regardless of their prestige that uh, you know makes me feel like okay I'm nervous regardless of whether it's an artist or or if it's a, a New York Times bestselling author I've interviewed all kinds of quote unquote celebrities or influencers however you want to call them and once you start to feel comfortable with your show, you really realize that, hey, this is my show. This is my rules. It's it's fine to make. For example, in my case, English is not my mother tongue. I have a funny accent. I have to tell you, Harry, because this is something also for listeners who are non-English uh, native speakers. You know, when I started out, I was thinking, man, you know, and my my English, I have a very high level of English, but, you know, it's not perfect. Sometimes I make mistakes and then I realize and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, hey, that's fine. That's who I am. And in over, in over 150 uh, interviews that I've done, not a single person has, you know, criticized me for for a language mistake or grammar mistake. And in fact, with some guests, they even told me, you know what, I really like your accent. So we had a good laugh about it. So if somebody's here with you and I, and maybe he or she is thinking about starting a show, but it's like, well, it's not my mother tongue and this and that. I'm like, just, just get out there and get started. And you're going to start to get comfortable. And then you're going to reach a point where you're going to be you know what? Jan was right. This is my show, my rules. So I really can host it in any way I want. That's fantastic advice. And I think inspirational to people who are on the fence and, and tend to overthink the, you know, the starting point about when is the right time. And I always, you know, we, we always hear it so many times. The best time to start was yesterday. The second best time is, right. to, <laughs> is, is today. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering also, if because you've had the show for a while, but because you have family members, th- this this part fascinates me a little bit, and I'm I'm the same way because I'm I'm Latino. So, can you tell me how you would explain what you do to someone who's like an older member of your family? Because sometimes that's the biggest <laughs> challenge to people. Because remember, it's people that know nothing about podcasting. So I'm curious. Um, you know, I've I've had some interesting experiences with that. I'm wondering if you could tell me about one of yours. Yeah, sure. I actually can share. I have, so I have only a grandparent left, which is my mom's mom. And I'm sorry, Harry, but I have to share this anecdote because she's, I don't remember, she's maybe 75 or something like that, but she's like, uh, I I would sign up right now if I had her, you know, when I'm 75, I could be like that. When I was in Switzerland, sometimes I would send her a text, hey, grandma, do you want to go grab a cup of coffee? I would get no answer. After a week, I would get a text. Sorry, I just came back from Uruguay. All right. After a couple of months, same situation. Oh, sorry, I just got back from Ireland. So she's really savvy. She uses Facebook. She's really active. And whenever I go to Switzerland, obviously, I want to see her. And she asks me, <laughs> so so you, what is it that you do? You, you have blogs, right? So every time she asks me, yeah, you, you have blogs. So kind of the... How can, how can I put it in a nice way? Well, let's say that the way I put it, I say when I want to refer to podcasting, I say that, yeah, I I have a show similar to a radio show and I do interviews. That's kind of the way I put it for people who I know aren't, you know, don't know the first thing about podcasting. <laughs> That's that's very funny. Well, the fact that she sounds like she's having a great life. She's traveling, jet setting oh, yeah, around, yeah. around the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not sure that there's a lot of uh, 70 plus year year old grandmothers that could uh, say they're 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 traveling 
um, different parts of the country or different countries uh, as frequently right. as she does. So that's great to see that she's living life, and I'm sure she's an inspiration for you as well. Mm. Um, if can you tell me something that you've uh, changed your mind about recently? Related to what? Anything. Hmm. That I've changed my mind about. That's a good question. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you, uh, we were talking a bit here before recording. It's so that uh, I was, now that I'm organizing the, the podcast Success Summit, as I was telling you, I kind of was focusing or or not focusing, but spending too much of my time uh, on those who were doing me, quote unquote, wrong. So in my case, for example, it's so that I'm organizing this success uh, podcast success summit and Harry, Harry, you are one of the speakers. And thank you, by the way, again, for for being part of this great event. And it's so that I'm I'm interviewing over 70 speakers. So that's quite a lot. That's people and, and it's people from all over the world. So, for example, today. I, w- I was, I had the first interview of the day was at 8 a.m. my time. So, and now it's evening here my time. So, you know, sometimes that's how it works. And uh, the problem I, I've had, and that's some, so kind of where I had this mental switch in a way, is that some of the people like you, Harry, I reached out, we talked, you say, yeah, sure, we scheduled, we recorded, that's it, good, perfect. When other people told me a month ago, even two months ago, yeah, yeah, sure, count me in. And I said, okay, fine. And then when I reach out to them and I ask them, okay, please make sure that you pick a date for the interview. They don't pick a date. I don't hear from them. So I have to follow up and to follow up. And basically by me focusing or spending too much time running after them, I kind of in a way neglected people like you, Harry. So I owe you definitely an apology. And all the people who I know really are excited about the the summit. They see the potential in it. They see that it's going to be something that actually helps people and provides value. So that's probably the thing where actually today happened that that switch where I was really like, oh man, I should have focused less on, on those people and focus more on the people who you know, who kind of are interested in this. I think it's also a lesson for for everybody who, you know, may be uh, out there and you may have, for example, somebody criticizing your podcast, let's say, or your your product or whatever. You know, it, it's great to have feedback because feedback help us, you know, improve anything we do. But that's, it's also important to remembering that by focusing too much on ha- haters, we do a disservice to those who are actually care about us and are excited whenever we publish a new podcast episode or whenever we send them an email or whatever we do. So that's that's a switch I had and it's something that I think can also help people understand the importance of kind of focusing on the on the right things and the right people rather than kind of wasting because at the end of the day it's a waste of our time and maybe also other people's time by focusing on the quote-unquote wrong kind of kind of people yeah that's interesting because you can maybe say that if it wasn't for the work that you're doing around the the, the podcast summit that you wouldn't have had the ability to go through this experience and have that aha moment that says you know where you should be putting your priorities and the fact that you know there are people sometimes that will let you down 
And that's just more of a reason why you should focus on the people who are there, who are supporting you, who have your back. And I think those are the types of lessons that you're going to carry through for future projects as well. No, you're you're right, especially because even though, I mean, I'm all about collaboration at all levels, but it's so that many things I do is often by myself as a solopreneur, for example, when I do my coaching, podcasting coaching, you know, it's like me and, and the client. So in that sense, I kind of go by my own agenda or obviously the client's agenda as well. But like you said, this has definitely been an experience, especially because this first experience has been already on such a larger scale where I immediately had to coordinate 70 plus different people from all kind of countries and, you know, time zones and whatever. But that's definitely something that has helped a lot. And and you're right. Is and, and it tells that whenever we put ourselves a little bit in, in an uncomfortable position, when we step outside our comfort zone, we really learn a lot. And also we, we see that, hey, at the end of the day, you know, you, it isn't as scary as I thought it was going to be because in my case, for example, it's so that I, I don't have the kind of the fear of being on video anymore because sometimes I've recorded some videos for my YouTube channel and stuff like that. However, with the summit, it's so that every session is a video session and I said over 70 speakers, so the speakers come and go, but I am the common denominator. So, you know, I'm on camera all every single session. So it's important, you know, that I kind of try to do a good job. But that's something that when before starting recording, I thought a bit, yeah, I wonder how it's going to be, how I'm going to feel. But, you know, I, I try to remember what I say, your show, your rules, and I've had nothing but great times talking with people like you, Harry. Thank you for that. Yeah, I always <laughs> tell people, like, you know, create the show that you want to hear. You're going to uh, repel people who are just not into your, your content, your voice, your message, your guests. And that's okay. And you want to push them away. Jan, what I say is as, as quickly as possible because they're not your tribe. Right. And mm-hmm. so then, but the people that do get your jokes, who laugh at what you say and, and, and get your humor and love your accent, you know, they're, they're the ones that are going to keep coming back. And those actually become like your really passionate fans. And those are the right. ones who are going to support you. And, that, and a lot of times what you'll find is those are the ones who actually defend you as well, because they're like, no, Jan's show is really good. And his, 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 his accent is an asset and his, you know, <laughs> his outgoing personality is, is something I look forward to every week. Harry, I have to say, you got me there for a moment because when you say your ac- his accent is an ass, I was thinking, <laughs> okay, where is this going? And then asset, I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> I was like, ooh, here funny. it comes, ah, asset, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Um, what is the most uh, misunderstood thing about you? Hmm, That's a deep question. I would say that something I've probably learned, and and this has been both through my, like being, you know, growing up as a teenager, going to high school and all those kind of things, as well as in the army, because it's so that in Switzerland, uh, uh, going to the army, if you're a man, is compulsory. So I, when I was in the, I think we can call it army school or whatever, it's so that it's interesting because in for and that's about the army it's something i remember really well people 
got a, a bad first, uh, you know, they saw me, they had a, a bad impression. For example, it's so that the very first day I went to the, you know, I had to report there. It's so that it wasn't around the corner. I had to to go all the way across country over four hours by train. And surprise, surprise, I, I almost never feel sick. There may be one day a year where already when I wake up, I can tell, okay, I'm not feeling good. That's That was the day. So you can imagine feeling super bad. You still have to go over four hours and a half by train. You know, you're still. So basically, when I got there, I was feeling super bad. I, I needed to, you know, to go to the bathroom and, you know, and, and vomit and all this kind of thing. And uh, think people who have never saw me before thought, oh, okay, who is this guy? You know, like, okay, who is this guy? Because I was really feeling bad. And that was probably one of the worst days I ever had for the fact that that first day is the day where it's really long because they give you all the equipment and all this kind of thing. So there are a lot of queues. And so I was, you know, queuing, started to feel bad, go to the bathroom. Blah, blah, blah. So there, my, those who then became my friends and stuff like that, they, some people even told me, you know, you're one of the best guys I know. But I have to tell you, the first day I was really thinking, yeah, this guy, you know, who is this guy? And even one of my superiors told me, yeah, I thought you were going to be like a quitter or stuff like that. So that's what happened. And then when I changed base, again, the captain there got a a, a bad first impression of, of me. And at the end of the kind of you know, school or whatever you want to call that, asked me kind of if I wanted to continue in the army and become, you know, kind of a sergeant or whatever. So that has really showed me that uh, oftentimes people may get the f- first wrong impression of you. And by the way, my fiance is the same. The first time we met, you know, she was a bit like, okay, who's this guy and blah, blah, blah. But I think that that, that has really taught me that uh, once you know who you are, and you believe in what you do in this case, if we talk about a podcast, if you really believe in your podcast, you you should never feel worried about what people have to say. For example, if you go, let's say you go to podcast movement, for example, and you start to talk with people and you kind of feel like a fish out of water because, you know, 99% of the people they have, I don't know, an interview based show and you don't or, you know, a pre-recorded show and you don't and you feel a bit weird or somebody thinks a bit like, okay, who is this guy or what is this show? I think that once you feel comfortable with yourself, you, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna do great. But I often, I would say that often that or has happened to me a few times where I kind of, people got the wrong idea of me, especially, and this is funny because all the situations have been in, in a non-business related contest, a context. Like when it's about business, everybody's like, yeah, this is like super friendly, super nice, blah, blah, blah. But this don't, in those situations, <laughs> and I'm not sure why, but that's something I, I've definitely learned that you're going to come across people, even potential clients who may get a, a weird vibe about you. And that's OK. You shouldn't try to, you know, be anybody but yourself. And like you were saying earlier, with some people, you're going to resonate and those are the people you should focus on with some people you want. And that's OK. You shouldn't try to be everybody's friend, especially if somebody, you know, isn't really feeling friendly toward you. That's fantastic advice. And I think um, it's something we don't hear enough. And I think the more people who are going through challenges hear that 
that don't let people get you down because they've got you wrong on the first impression or don't feel like you have to make, uh, you know, you won't always have a chance to make a great first impression. But I think if you're consistent, who you are as a person is eventually going to come out. Like you said, you know, you, were, you weren't feeling well those first days, but that that really wasn't who you were. That wasn't your character. And I think it's 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 good that you had people around you who are, are willing to, to say, you know, let's see. Let's see the whole picture about Jan. Let's not just say one right. day is going to make me decide who you are. And I think that's fantastic advice just in, in life in general and just to give people an opportunity sometimes to to to, to prove to you who they are and, and what their character is about. So I, I think that's that's a great story that you just told. But And also for oneself, Harry, because, you know, after after some time that you meet people, blah, 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 you're going to start to get an idea of, okay, this person, we kind of, we are clicking with this person, probably not so much. So then also for, for you, that's, that's going to be something that really helps you becoming more of a, of a people's person in a way, or becoming a better reader of speakers. And, and sometimes you're going to think to yourself, okay, so this person thinks that I'm like that. Yeah. By the end of the day or by the end of the call, whatever, they're, they're going to see that. Well, actually, you know, I'm, I'm maybe the opposite of what I thought or what they thought I was. That must have been some interesting times in the army. I'm sure you have a, a bunch of stories from there as well. <laughs> <laughs> I I sure do. <laughs> we'll have to uh, pick those up uh, next time we meet. Um, uh, and you can tell me some of those as well. Yeah, podcast movement. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up. But I'm, I'm wondering if you could let um, people know a bit about what you have coming up in terms of uh, the, the podcast summit, a bit more details about that, because that's something that people might be interested in attending. Yeah, sure. So the, the name Podcast Success Summit kind of gives it away that is a, is a virtual summit for podcasters. But here's the thing the after. So by the time we're recording this, I've I've recorded uh, about 50 of the sessions. So most of the sessions are, are already recorded. And I can definitely say with confidence that the Podcast Success Summit is for you if you are here with Harry and I and you've been thinking about starting a podcast, but for whatever reason you haven't. It's also for you if you're already podcasting and you're looking for uh, strategies, lessons, resources for growing your podcast, growing your email list through your show, look at how you can build authority with your show and also different ways to monetize your podcast beyond the traditional sponsorship level. So that's what I really want to uh, put emphasis because I think that some people uh, go into the into podcasting with the monetization aspect in mind. And that's something I discourage people from doing, but also it's so that some people think that podcast monetization equals sponsorships. And we hear all these success stories from John Lee Dumas, who is going to be the closing keynote speakers and many, many others. And then we think, well, I'm going to do the same. And we may focus or be super obsessed about downloads or all these kind of things. So on the summit, you're going to hear about different ways you can ac actually leverage your podcast to generate revenue. So if you have a podcast or if you're thinking about starting a podcast, the event is for you. But the event is even for you if you're an entrepreneur, a coach, an artist, 
uh, a speaker and you are looking for leveraging the power of, of podcasting, not as a host, but as a guest. So if you really want to learn how you can be seen as an authority, you can get exposure, you can grow your email list and your business by being a podcast guest. We're going to have some sessions specifically on that. So it's really uh, targeted advice from where to look for podcasts, how to reach out to podcasts to, okay, they told me, yes, so now what? How can I make sure that I rock the interview? So if you are one of those kind of in one of those three categories, the summit is definitely for you. And is online, is a free event, and it's going to take place from May 16th to June 9th. And as I said, over 70 speakers. So obviously we have Harry, we have John Lee Dumas, we have New York Times bestselling authors, Joel Com, we have Jay Bear, and really so many great speakers. And I have to say, I've, I've managed to bring on the summit speakers from all over the world. So we have people from Australia, from the from England, from New Zealand, from Africa, and people who sometimes we may not really hear about, but are doing incredible things. So Oh, I know that you're going to have the, the link in, in the show notes. It's, it's something I would encourage really anybody to do because also it, it's free to sign up. So just sign up. And if you see it's not for you, you know, you can definitely say, well, thanks, but no thanks. But if you're, if podcasting is at the back of your mind in any shape or form, the Podcast Success Summit is really going to help you take your podcasting levels to the next level or successfully launch a podcast or becoming a great podcast guest. And uh, I think we're going to create a, a special URL for listeners of this show. And so mm -hmm. what the URL for the actual summit is, is podcastsuccesssummit.org? Net. Dot net. No, okay. dot net, yes. Okay, so podcastsuccesssummit.net slash Harry. Does that sound? Exactly. We can do that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that's the that's the link to to keep in mind, and uh, it's so that once you sign up, uh, you're gonna get emails, and every day you're gonna get an email with access to different sessions. So there's gonna be all the sessions are available for you to watch for free for three days. Every session is free, and obviously there is one that I really really want you to make sure that you mark down on your calendar, which is the one with Harry. So podcastsuccesssummit.net slash hurry and then make sure to let everybody know and obviously you're going to be the first to know when the summit starts and when the session with Harry is available. Perfect. So uh, if they want to just uh, get in contact with you in general and see what else is going on with you and with your with your podcast, uh, what, what else, where else can people reach you? Well, if you, I mean, if, when you sign up for the summit, I'm, I'm actually the one who replies to your email. So that's the email address I use. I'm, I, I always share it. So my email is Jan. So that's Y-A-N-N at janilunga.com. So I know, Harry, you'll have it in the show notes. <laughs> and, but that's also my site, janilunga.com. And you can find me really anywhere, LinkedIn, Twitter. But if you if you go to the summit and you sign up, you're going to get an email autoresponder from me. So just reply. And, you know, I always try my best to reply to every single email. So there, is, there isn't any robot. I don't use any assistant for managing my communication. So it's definitely... Jan, who's going to be chatting with you. 
Very cool. Well, Jan, thank you so much for your um, your openness, your energy, your enthusiasm. Uh, I really enjoyed our conversation, and I hope the listener got a lot, lot out of it. I I'm, I was really happy um, to learn a bit more about you and and your background. And I always think it's fascinating to to big to dig a bit deeper into the personalities behind the shows. And so I'm glad we had the chance to talk. Man, this was one of the, the the most fun I had. So thank you for having me and hope to see you in Locarno someday. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. But if, maybe before then, podcast movement, but then Locarno is now on, on, on the radar. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks so much. So I really hope you enjoyed that conversation that you got to know a little bit more about Jan and you really understand how uh, how smart he is and how much I respect him as a podcaster, as an entrepreneur, as a human being. He's just, his, he's really um, got this really positive energy about him. And we, we do these conversations via Skype video. So, you know, he just always had a smile on his face for like the whole conversation. And, and I think you can hear that too in, in his voice when he's talking. He's just... He knows how to live life, and uh, I'm really happy we got to chat for a bit, and and uh, I can call him a friend now, and I'm really happy to support him and be a part of his podcast, Mastery Summit, and I hope you check that out as well, and I hope you check out his podcast. We'll have all those details in the show notes. So this episode is brought to you by Cast Source. So I know that a lot of podcasters understand the importance of repurposing content and converting your existing audio into a full transcript because, guys, this is a great way for you to increase the visibility of the show. I know some people are on the fence about it, but uh, I can't stress enough how how many times I've repurposed content from a transcription for a client and had it pay off um, huge dividends. Once it's transcribed, you can reformat it. You can put it into um, a nice white paper format, which one of my clients does. You can put it on a space like uh, medium.com, which I have clients do as well. All those are fantastic places to get visibility. But it starts with the transcription. And it starts with a partner that really takes pride in their work. Their accuracy is over 99%. They can give you the formatting suitable for any output that you want. If you wanted an HTML format, if you wanted a PDF, you just wanted a straight up text file, they'll do all of that. They're really, really accommodating. Uh, I've been working with them for, for some time now and I can't say enough good things about them. The turnaround is within 24 to 48 hours. The rates are extremely competitive. I know there's a, a, a top brand uh, transcriber out there with uh, fixed rates. CastSource has rates that uh, will go down if you get enough transcriptions done with them. So CastSource, check them out at podcastjunkies.com slash CastSource and uh, let them know that Harry sent you. And I hope you'll re... If you're not doing transcriptions, I hope you'll give them a shot with uh, your first couple and you won't be disappointed by the uh, by the service and by the level of professionalism that the, the team over there has um, with regards to this. So I'm really happy that, that they're one of the newest sponsors for Podcast Junkies, and that's why I have this long <laughs> uh, promotion for them. But um, it's one of the first ones, and I want really wanted to give you guys a, a background as to why I, um, I signed up with them and um, why I'm really uh, supporting them. For I, I'm really crazy about what they do. 
The show is a member of Podcastica. If you don't know what Podcastica is, it's a collection of 10 other podcasts that are dominating the podcasting world. We have uh, fan shows. We have the newest, uh, the podcast producers with Corey and Jessica. We have uh, shows uh, about meditation. Um, and we're growing. And uh, they're all fantastic. All the hosts are fantastic. At this point, I've interviewed them all on Podcast Junkies. Regular listeners will know that. So check it out, podcastica.com. Uh, working on the site revamp. So stay tuned for that. It's coming shortly. I promise. Intro and outro music was composed by Cedar and Soil. Check them out at cedarsoil.com. So you stayed this far and you want to know what the retention hashtag is. That's a very, very good question. This week, um, because Jan is from Locarno, I think uh, we'll just hashtag the city Locarno. So it's hashtag Locarno, L-O-C-A-R-N-O, and uh, hashtag and uh, tag uh, Jan and tag myself and uh, let us know that you made it this far. That would be fantastic. Thanks, guys. Have a fantastic week. Stay tuned. And next week, where I have another international podcaster on the show. Who can it be? <laughs> Tell people about the show. Subscribe, rate, and review, all that good stuff. But uh, more importantly, spread the word about Podcast Junkies wherever you can. It's appreciated. Have a fantastic week. Mm-hmm.